When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Luminaries with David Odyssey. This time, it's a special all Reba astrology edition with the legendary Dusty Childers. Buckle up. But first, thoughts on Jennifer Goodwin, Charlie XCX, Dune, Colin Farrell, Adam McKay, Wes Anderson, The Batman, and much, much more. Thank you for listening. Just hang on, okay? Mwah. Okay, welcome back to Murder World. Uh, This is episode 99. I am shocked that we haven't had Dusty on the podcast yet, and this will certainly be the first of many editions. Trust me, anything that can be said about Reba in this episode is said, uh, and then some. Dusty is a legend in New York um, and major, so I'm just so glad to have him. But first some business. You know, I just traveled uh, to Texas and back and, you know, I have some concerns about the human race. On my flight there, the couple next to me who are from Long Island, the husband was reading, you know, no one thought to turn the overhead light on for this man. Um, Have you ever been on a plane before? Of course, as I always say, you know, from my experiences in the food service industry, um, you can say the French are, are bad to serve, the Australians, whatever. No one is worse than people from Long Island. Um, when I had to serve Jewish girls from Long Island, it was as if they'd never been to a restaurant before. Um, I think they thought that the way their mom makes them a tuna salad um, is the way that I will make it for them personally. The choices that people make, the kind of um, the failures of humanity, you know, to sit next to a man who is watching the Adam McKay film, The Big Short. Um, The Big Short is a movie, I am someone who cannot like live in blissful um, ignorance. I, if someone is watching a movie next to me, I will watch them watch it for three and a half hours. Um, Everyone in The Big Short is a murderer. Um, it's so ugh, just like seeing Christian Bale wearing a t-shirt as it just, I, I can't. And uh, Steve Carell, is that his name? His wig in that movie. And then the person across from me, the man, the man on the other side of me was watching my father's favorite movie. He's just not that into you. Um, he's just not that into you is really, um, it's evil. This is an evil text. Um, you know, I have a note on my phone, Jennifer Goodwin prison. 
this movie is, first of all, if you've seen um, He's Just Not That Into You, you'll agree with me that it's filmed in North Korea. Where is this movie shot? You know, the whole plot about Jennifer Connelly, whom I love, respect, celebrate, and adore. Uh, but Jennifer Connelly, her whole plot is that she's married to Bradley Cooper and that they're, like, renovating their apartment. What is this closed set? Where is the, What city is this supposed to be? And I think... Drew Barrymore and Jennifer Aniston like work at a coffee company together. You know, there's a lot going on there. Um, the pervert from Entourage uh, is supposed to be charming. Justin Long's character is completely just gibberish. Um, the Jennifer Aniston plot is very upsetting. You know, I-, I will say two things the movie has going for it. First of all, this is during my favorite Scarlett Johansson, or as my stepmother calls her, Scarlett Johansson era, which is uh, Vicky Cristina Barcelona blonde Scarlett Johansson. Um, I will say in her sex scenes with Bradley Cooper, it is made very evident that they have zero sexual chemistry together. Um, uh, it's unbelievable the way he touches her the the revulsion is just so profound Jennifer Connelly who I will be writing about uh, in the upcoming Sagittarius piece for Nylon um, does kind of have a triumphant uh, Elena Ferrante um, days of abandonment moment where she realizes that Bradley Cooper has been lying and gaslighting to her and that she doesn't need him Jennifer Connelly, of course, is incredible in Little Children with Kate Winslet, one of my all-time favorite movies. And, she, you know, they let her be the icy bitch queen, but you also are so with her because she's being lied to and she knows it. Um, I love her. But, yeah, just generally speaking... Um, Upsetting. My dad and I, when I was in Houston, we went to go see um, the new Wes Anderson movie, which is called The French Dispatch. Um, Our experience at the movie theater was deeply upsetting. You know, I don't really have much of a stake in, like, the future of America or whatever, but um, the movie theater in Houston, they closed the restaurant, they closed the marble slab, and they're no longer, um, like people working there it's literally just like robots where you scan in your credit card and your ticket it was the dead and the dying um you know this was the fall of the american mall the fall of um the fall of 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 reagan's america which you know is necessary the movie was pure punishment um i usually enjoy wes anderson movies um this really was upsetting because this is someone who gets parodied a lot and it was either he's seen the way that people make fun of his style and he doubled down out of revenge or he truly isn't aware of it and was able to just go into a place of cliche beyond anything we'd ever conceived of. It was really um, a difficult... I, I felt a lot of anger from him. Um, I felt a lot of just, like, fuck you from him. Um, all right, I have a question that, that you know, I'm putting this out. I am not throwing any accusations. You know, we have the, the trailer for the, the new Batman film coming out in March. We have Robert Pattinson, Taurus. We have Zoe Kravitz, Sagittarius. 
playing Batman and Catwoman respectively. Looks great. You know, for I, I do want to say it looks a little too uh, mask for mask. Um, I want to remind everyone, you know, the Riddler is, is a homosexual, okay? The Riddler is a dandy. He's a homosexual. He loves playing games with... He likes playing psychosexual straight... Uh, psychosexual games with the so-called straight man, Batman. So I'm not really crazy about this, like, aesthetic that they have for the Riddler. Um, the Riddler writes in cursive. He wouldn't do this kind of, like, um, Ashley Judd, I left a clue, you know, uh, you could have... You know, it's a little saw for me. The other question that I want to ask, the only question I want to ask, we have Colin Farrell playing the Penguin. Is this version of the Penguin anti-Semitic? You know, Jake Cornell and I spoke about it. Jake said it's kind of impossible to not have the the Penguin be a parrot, you know, uh, a stereotype of, 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 of Jews. There's just something about it. He's kind of doing this like New Jersey mobster voice, which I, I don't find endearing. And I just, a hackle has been raised I may be corrected. I just want to put this out there. You know, this is all coming up. I, uh, as you know, I am reading um, Dara Horn's book, People Love Dead Jews. It's fabulous. Um, she is talking about, well, right now I'm in this really, you know, she's talking about how righteous Gentiles uh, only numbered as 0.1% of the German population, the rest of them all threw the Jews into the, into the ovens. Um, and she's talking a lot about how if Anne Frank had lived, she would not be beloved by teenage girls. She would probably be a salty, dry, hard Jewish writer. But this idea of optimism and, you know, humanity prevailing and all of that um, is really engineered. So I found that very interesting. Um, Dune. I got really sucked into Dune. I'm really loving it, but you know, I'd read the first book a few years ago. I decided to read uh, the second novel, Dune Messiah, which is very upsetting text. You know, Dune Messiah. They, uh, Frank Herbert subverts the Messiah, chosen one, savior narrative, and he kind of flips it on his head, which I think is necessary just is very dark and upsetting and for me when i get sucked into a world i'm so happy to escape that when it gets when i get kicked out of it it's really upsetting and visceral for me you know these these for me a lot of my sobriety has to be about staying on this planet so it's good to have been kicked off arrakis it just was upsetting um, I don't think they should make Dune Messiah into a movie. It's just, it it gets, I don't even know how they're going to do the next movie because you have the Aaliyah child who's like a sentient four-year-old killing people. It's just, those books get really weird. Um, and I just don't think it's, it's going to work. Okay. Um, 25th anniversary of Set It Off is this month profoundly beautiful movie um i was able to use the four characters to demonstrate the four elements uh in yesterday's astrology class um so that was a real pleasure for me 
Uh, I highly recommend you watch it if you haven't seen it. 1996, Kimberly Elise, Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett, and Vivica. Um, I love the new Charlie song. I love the new Charlie music. Um, I am all for a return to Obama-era Charlie. I know that might not be popular. You know, I said this to Mark Stoll yesterday, and I'm sorry to say this. This is a little cruel, but... The kids who are Saturn in Pisces, what is Saturn in Pisces? Oh, kids born from 1994 through 1997. I'm kind of excited for them to have their Saturn return in a few years and to learn and to suffer. And, and by suffering, I don't mean that in a cruel way. I just mean to suffer the way that the rest of us have suffered so that um, they're not so pretentious. Okay. I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for that. Um the last thing I want to say is I am missing go-go dancing. I'm missing the freedom. I'm missing, I'm missing the power. I'm missing just the rapture. And I just don't, I don't think it's possible for a lot of reasons for me to go back. I'm not in that place with my body anymore. And I just don't even think it would be viable for a lot of reasons, but I do miss it. And I hope I can take a leap of faith and go into a more um, mature, active, um, form of, of sexual expression that's that's kind of loving and equitable. I'm going to go see Spencer tonight. Uh, please look out because I have a very long piece on Princess Diana's astrology coming out hopefully in the next week. Um, I will hopefully have an episode for you before the eclipse on the 19th. And um, I hope you enjoy this one. Here is the Reba show. All right, this is Luminary's History. We are at episode 99, and we are joined by a very special guest, someone uh, without whom New York would be nothing. The one and only, uh, the immortal, the ancient, the spirit, Dusty Childers. Hi, Dusty. (laughs) Hi, how are you? It's actually pronounced Childers, but I'll let it slide. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's a real Southern Southern way of... um, of saying it, I think it's, you know, um, probably the, you know, who's to say what's incorrect or correct, but, um, you're correct. Said, we always said shoulders. So, but I like that childers cause it's childers it's childers. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a, a, a Jew from Texas and we occupy this bizarre enclave where we are, Things that should come easily to us in being from that region of the country just for some reason aren't. So where uh, that is on. Are you from? I'm from Houston. Houston, Texas, baby. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of, I wish some, I'm sure someone's already made a super cut of every time Beyonce says Houston. Um, But she also says London speeded up Houston rocket, which I think is a perfect lyric. Um, wow, that was a great <laughs> album. Yeah, really good album. Time. Really good album. Yeah. I saw I saw her tour that album. Um, it was right before the baby. Yes, yes, that's right. And you know, by the way, speaking of Jews and Beyonce, I will always say this: her announcing the pregnancy at the MTV VMAs is a no-no for Jews. Jews are so superstitious, and we don't announce a pregnancy until the last minute. And the idea of announcing it on live television, my mother and I had panic attacks when we saw it. It's, it's I mean, so like, don't do it, you know? 
I have a friend who at that concert, we went to the Roseland Ballroom. It was the album was four. And, um, you know, Blue Ivy was named kind of after the album, Roman numerals, honey. Um, And after the concert, uh, my friend was like, she's pregnant. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, girl, when's the last time you saw her not in a corset? And I was like, girl, calm down. And he was like, no, that was a a dress custom made to to hide a pregnancy. Anyways, Mm. he was dead on. So, um, but this is not about Beyonce, folks. This is about, oh, are we, oh, sorry. I don't know. I don't know how we're No, this this. is about Reba, damn it. And Dusty, (laughs) you know, I, I really would love if you could take us all the way to the beginning Reba, you, how did this whole saga begin? Okay. I really don't know my life before Reba, actually. (laughs) It was like, I was raised, um, I was raised on Country Sunshine. That's um, a lyric by, I think, Dottie West, who uh, had an untimely death. Uh, she's a super a country superstar that no one ever talks about. Mm. But um, I was raised on Country Sunshine, and my it's interesting because my parents didn't really listen to country music when they were um, teens, but somehow they were like, "Oh, we're raising these country babies, and so we have to listen to country mm. music." I mean, I think they had an affinity for it, but like. My mother loved disco and my father loved like Southern rock, which isn't so far from country. But uh, anyways, um, Reba was a really, I don't know. I Oh my gosh, it's such an emotional thing. Um, mm. She was just, she's like the alpha and omega for me. Like when people are like, oh, you know, I'm you know, people are like, who is your first? Who is your first? Like, diva deity and i was like without a doubt 100 reba mcintyre um i i think the first thing well fancy came out in 1990 if i'm not i don't want to i don't want to misquote 1990 so i was six going on seven and it was just you know mega hit um and there was a real distinct uh moment in my life actually did a whole um video about no wait sorry i'm thinking of something else uh i did not do a video about this but i've told this story on stage um so fancy so i grew up super religious southern baptist um and for those of you out there who don't know southern baptists (laughs) believe that um thinking about committing a sin is as bad as committing a sin is what they always told Mm -hmm. me when i was a kid so I was, I feel like I was smart enough to just start committing the sins because I was like, well, there's no way I'm going to stop thinking about it. Um, <laughs> so, so that's how you game the system, folks. But at any rate, um, we were at, we were at Sunday school and um, the people that were um, running Sunday school were also my aunt and uncle whose names will be, you know, left out because who knows, maybe they, maybe they have a knack for, a, well, the one is dead. The uncle's dead. But um, at any rate, they wanted to sort of um, clear the air about a super popular song that was out on the radio mm. and um, which was fancy. 
And they were like, we don't, we think, you know, you're singing, people are singing along to the song. They don't really know what mm. the song is about. And it's really, uh, you know, un- imp- impure for kids. Mm. And do you really, does anybody really know what it's about? And of course they knew that I was a super Reba McIntyre fan. And <laughs> they were like, Dusty, what do you think this song is about? And my sister was there. She can corroborate this story. Um, but I said, <laughs> uh, fancy, the song is about people having to do what they have to do to survive. And I think that so much of uh, Reba's, <laughs> so much of Reba's um, discography and her filmography um, is about survival, right? Survival mm. of the heart, survival of women. It's it's some of the most feminist um stuff out there in country music i mean she's just like the song is their life out there which she uh made into a made for tv movie which is actually brilliant she's a brilliant actress um yes yeah i mean she's she really i forgot i had forgotten about her um someone Mm. posted vintage reba posted about the movie that she did with kenny rogers called the gambler and i was like god i forgot about the gambler um (laughs) how did they um, respond when you said that it was about um doing what it takes to survive they had absolutely no response because i (laughs) um i had schooled them um right (laughs) um right yes they did not have it because that you can't you know that is exactly what the song is about and it's also about you know reclaiming um not even reclaiming. Why do we have to reclaim it? Um, it is about owning white trash uh, mm. culture and white, you know, the the label of white trash. And so, as especially someone, that video, yeah, yeah. As someone who grew up um, really, really, really upset about being white trash and not having anything to, uh, no, I had no recourse. I had no way of getting out of it i was so deeply ashamed of it and now i'm like oh my god thank god for that because i feel like so much of my aesthetic is really tied up in um white trash escapism i think is (laughs) now that i'm i'm coining it here i'm coining it right here folks um (laughs) it's very much and that's very much a reba reba aesthetic i mean you know she has a she has a line for dillard's which is like right white trash elegance uh personified it's like you know like i don't know if you've ever seen the clothing but the clothing clothing is um everyone check it out at dillard.com i mean what's genius about the fancy video is that fancy is this song about you know growing up white trash and now she's this big star and she's like made it and you know she she's uh, living the highest life possible. But what's incredible about the video is that she looks her, her aesthetic as the like realized rich woman is so tacky that it's like tackiness within tackiness in this beautiful way. So she isn't ever actually truly betraying herself. And I think that is kind of what you're talking about where it's like, yeah you didn't really change you're still you it's just more expensive right just more expensive right it's uh there's a scene in um if you haven't seen the the biopic uh based on the documentary 
uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye, the Jessica Chastain thing, the, that movie, there's a whole scene where Cherry Jones, there's, there's a whole fur, fur mm-hmm. scene. And it, I mean, that's right. And I mean, she's in Georgia folks. Okay. So there, there's never a need for a fur coat in Georgia. Right. <laughs> and actually Tammy Faye was in South Carolina, which is where I'm from. And Tammy Faye, there's never, ever, it never gets cold enough, even on the coldest day of the year for a fur. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe one or two days a year you could actually wear a fur and not sweat. But it's just that kind of, that kind of fantasy of, like, a fur coat is still considered, like, the most high-class um, thing you can do, you know? And so there she is in this. Uh, and they tried to, I mean, of course, they shot, that video in the winter so it did have that sort of bleakness to it um i i, I re actually re-watched fancy with a this beautiful man that i hook up with um who had never even heard of reba mcintyre which was uh, insane to me that broke, but what great karma for him that he knows you you know oh honey i sat him down in my room and we watched fancy i was like this is the this is the 101 of reba mcintyre i mean (laughs) you know and she she's done so much more than that song i mean she really has but um i mean she covered bringing it all back she covered if i was if i were a boy you know like i don't know if you know that have you heard that i did not know that oh honey it is like it is like a (laughs) podcast and do that immediately it's so (laughs) fucking good First of all, again, a feminist, a feminist anthem, if you, if you will. Um, and there's a video. It's a very, very simple video. And it's such a fucking gag. She's, here's the deal. She's the eternal showwoman. I'm seeing her in February. I'm driving to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which if you think about the um, biblical context of me seeing Reba in Bethlehem, honey, is, mm. you know, really get into the feeling of that, honey, okay? The sojourn, um, yeah. <laughs> the sojourn, absolutely. So... Well, you uh, know, I would say if anyone wants an entrance into Reba also, there's a really good remix of Fancy by Dave Odd that came out over the past few years that is truly a fucking banger. And that's like a contemporary dance remix and it can kind of lead you into right it's a, all yeah. the arenas of reba yes it is it is i i highly recommend any any which way you want to get into it there's the sitcom uh which i mm-hmm. own the entirety of on dvd as archaic <laughs> as that is um <laughs> uh yeah no it's incredible i mean she was um i have plans to um i'm gonna go to the lincoln center uh, performing arts library and uh s- hopefully they have her doing um annie get your con i'm pretty sure they do she did it on broadway uh she took over for bernadette and as a child it was the only thing i could think about i was obsessed with coming to new york first of all i wanted to live in new york uh, wow. since my earliest memories and then reba that was like a real sign like reba's on broadway you know, and that was early on into the like celebrities doing Broadway, um, yeah, especially singers, right? Because, honey, what a pay cut, okay? When we talk about like taking mm-hmm. one for the fucking team, Reba McIntyre, um, <laughs> Reba, you know, being like, I'm slumming on Broadway, honey, like gag. Um, 
But yeah, no, let's um, actually start there uh, in terms yeah. of her astrology. You know, I want to say that Reba is a Gemini rising. We love Gemini risings on this mm-hmm. podcast. We've talked, of course, about Lindsay Lohan and Michelle Pfeiffer. And, you know, her chart is ruled by Mercury and Pisces. Pisces is in her 10th house of career and public roles. So already we're just talking about the ruler of her chart being Mercury, this planet of doing, acting, communicating. And, you know, we have Gemini and Pisces, which are these mutable signs. And if you think about mutable, you're thinking really about um, versatility, changeability, reactivity. And there is just this great sense, you know, that was one of the first things I clocked with Reba is, I think she gets labeled maybe in the country vein, but I think in Reba's mind, you know, I would love if she corrected us, but I think in Reba's mind, she is everything and can do everything and anything and is ready to do Shakespeare tomorrow. Like, I think that that versatility is a big part. Exactly. Reba, Reba cutting, cutting her teeth. Just, you know, she's like, oh, it's my first time doing Shakespeare. Lady Macbeth, no big deal. You know, like, right. Right. I mean, come on. Or, um, who's the, in Othello, the, um, what's the, Oh, Jesus. Anyway. So oh, that, um, Ophelia. Ophelia. I was just about to say, right. Ophelia. Yeah. That would be a great one for her, too. Um, right. Next year's Shakespeare in the Park. Gag. Boots. You know, I, like- I think that's who she really is, where she's like, I want to reach wait. as many people as possible. And like. <laughs> wait, 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 you know? wait. Hold on. It just came to me. OK, here we go. Hear me out. A a western themed Macbeth called Mac- Macboots <laughs> it's so cheesy but it's like <laughs> it's, a, it's a just a right it's translated with all the twang she would kill it honey Macboots honey uh, Macboots honey Anyways, um, and Mac- it would be a great musical like she could just take it there yeah she could just take it there like um what is it? The witches double double boil in trouble, right? <laughs> um, where is that? That's a country song. Get a banjo out. Um, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, like, she would actually, do it. She would do it. Oh, honey, she's she's ready. Actually, there's this. I don't know. Okay, I know why I'm bringing this up because she's she's just always running through my mind. There is this. It's weird, right? So you said she's the Gemini rising. Yes. Okay. Right. So I don't know a whole lot about Gemini's because I don't really have a lot of them in my life. Right. But because her sign is Aries. She's an Aries sign. She's an Aries. Right. So she's probably great in bed. I'm just, that's right. That's what I know about Aries. Um, Stubborn as a, stubborn as all hell, maybe. Um, That's a trait, right? Of Aries. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Which we're going to get into. Okay. Right. At any rate, um, there is this, there's this, uh, this interview of her with Roseanne Barr that I stumbled upon one night. I do this sort of thing where I take my glasses off and hold my phone really close because I'm really, really um, have <laughs> good. Terrible That's eyesight. really good, Dusty. But it's, yeah. it's terrible. I'm laying in bed. It's all dark, and I've got my, you know, my phone right really up good. my face. Right, just terrible. And anyways, um, she's on Roseanne Barr had a talk show for a while, um, and she interviewed Reba. And I, I need to look at the dates of when the hair, the hair 
left her life, like when when Reba's shed the hair, the massive, huge, gorgeous hair. It was sometime in the nineties. I think it was, it was late nineties. No, it's like I, I'm like thinking down to like the I'm like I need to know the date date, but I think okay. it was like nineties ninety six into ninety seven. She cut the hair, and then I she, agree. She went on to this the Roseanne show, and it wasn't a debut of the hair. But this was like, and she went really extreme, folks. Like she went from like Dolly Parton level, like fucking <laughs> crazy, massive, gorgeous hair to like fucking like Drew Barrymore on like Letterman, like flashing her tits. Short, <laughs> you know, like like you have boys on the side, Drew Barrymore short, right? It's like really, I mean, talk about a turning point in history, honey. Like, and that's really it turned it. I don't know. I I lost. I did not lose any love for Reba, but it also that happened to coincide with like a cataclysmic moment in my life musically, where like a friend of mine gave me a taped, um, like a bootleg from you know how you would tape a CD, um, a tape of the score by the Fugees, and up until that moment, I was kind of like right. I mean, I'd listen to Reba like all day every day you know well like she like, cranks out so many goddamn albums i mean it's right. not like you had to to work too hard for it either no 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 and i was i was happy in that and then my friend clayton mathis shout out to clayton mathis his sister <laughs> bought the score it had just come out and he gave me a copy of it he's like he's like i think you'll really like this and i was like oh my god what and i like yeah. lost my mind and then that that consumed like many many years of my life and still does <laughs> But it's and that, yeah, um, right. That and Erica by like the, the Fuji's and Erica by too. Mm. But so then there was a big shift in my life sonically, right, with those with those artists. But and but it's coincided with Reba cutting her hair and also mm. me really pivoting towards um wanting to be seen as someone who's like serious in the world and sort of turn like I thought that being southern and being country, um, and I think that's part of the reason she cut her hair. Um, it, it does not, the, the world is very judgy about, uh, you know, any kind of a difference, but like also towards, you know, people with, with country accents and people who seem, you know, there's this whole, we've been painted as like very simple people and like with simple pleasures and like slower, you know, cause it's, you know, it's always so hot. It's so backwards. And I mean, a lot of that is true. It is fucking hot and <laughs> we are, you know, not the fastest people in the world with like, you know, actually like, I mean, I'm sure people run in the South, maybe. Um, I don't know those people though. Um, but what I'm saying is, I think that it was, it was a perfect kind of moment for me to be like, I'm going to put my, my love of Reba on, on pause and mm. like also just live in those like classic Reba moments. And then I did, you know, um, and then I came back to it not, it didn't take very long, but as soon as I started getting nostalgic for my Southern upbringing and like really like leaning into that as like um, my personal history and my personal um, legacy and, and sort of reclaiming that for myself, uh, I was like, oh my God, it's Reba. And then of course, the luckily the world caught up. So Reba. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing about Reba, what I want to say about Reba's Gemini is this. Reba has her moon in Gemini and she's a Gemini rising. That moon is at the end of her chart in the 12th house of 
I think I would say the 12th house of self undoing in some ways. I really divorce Gemini from Gemini is supposed to be an intellectual sign, but I actually really divorce Gemini from hyper intellectualism and I divorce it from like um, highbrow culture. Gemini is really just about like the voice, the experience, the moment. This is what's happening. And I think like that is Reba's truth. And I think maybe when she's tried to get away from that, maybe that's been her undoing. Or maybe when the world has judged her from that, that's been the struggle. But, you know, Reba has Lilith and Sagittarius. And there's something about Sag that's, to me, a little bit messy, a little bit uh, like pushing it and a little bit like gets its hands dirty. And Gemini and Sag, I think neither is known for being like subtle or tasteful or like fitting in. And I think that's a big part of who she is that we always come back to, which is like Reba speaks for the moment and she speaks for America. If you don't like America, which is her Gemini rising, you know, if you don't like America, you're not going to like Reba. If you like America, the reason why her show was a hit was because she's very smart, I think. After, you know, when we entered George Bush's America, she said, I am going to make the show that this culture will jive with. And of course, you know, the show was a hit, right? But in periods when that isn't the case, I can see her being judged for it, you know? Right. Well, she's so shrewd. It's it reminds me a lot of like, I mean, obviously the proto Reba, if you will. And obviously there there are no um, comparison is violence. Right. Um, Often. (laughs) But, you know, the proto Reba, like, you know, it's like, you know, Madonna ran so Britney could walk. Right. Right. Dolly Parton ran so Reba could walk. Right. And so she had this person whose tiny little footsteps she gets sort of you know tiptoe her feet through right and so if you listen to dolly parton's america and and that brilliant um did you listen to that no oh god it's unbelievable it's unbelievable it really is um anyways there's this again you tiptoe through it talks that talks about like dolly parton's choice to work with jane fonda in the in the Mm. early 80s and like I mean, Jane Fonda was still like public enemy number one for so many people in America. So that's it's one of the most fascinating parts of the of the whole thing and her choice to do it. But if you think about Reba denying Sarah Huckabee, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, it's even so hard for me to even say that word, that name. They wanted she wanted to they were eating at the same restaurant and she wanted to take a photo with her. And Reba was like, no. I can't do that because if Sarah Huckabee, Sarah Huckabee Sanders posts this photo of me and her, it is, it is not, that is not my vibe. That is not my zhuzh, right? Let's not forget that Obama, when Obama was still in office, it was Cher and Reba who got the Kennedy Center honors that year. Mm. Okay. Let's not forget that. Mm. Okay. First and foremost, the most fucking epic photo of all time is them sitting in that fucking balcony. I mean, I can't. It's like me and Charlene. It's, yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah it's we like, are going to be posting that. It's me. It's me and Charlene is what it is. It's Cher, Cher and Rebo. It's very much that. Is the Charlene that and Cher are both Tauruses. I will say, uh, right. yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, right. no, it's good. It's good. Yeah. 
But yeah, so and like Lin Manuel Miranda's there, and it's like, bitch, no one's here for you. No one, no one at all. Right. Um, wow. Right. <laughs> but no, re- yeah, I think yeah, she she's really good at seesawing, but you know, real like country, you know, like and still does the God thing, and like, um, you know, there there has been a lot of rumor uh, along with Dolly uh, of of Reba giving like you know lesbianic um vibes right and i don't know i don't know if i feel it but um i did hear a really great story about and i think this might be this might this might make sense with her chart i don't i don't know enough about the chart and how to read a chart um, okay so okay reba was married to her manager Narvel. No, 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 no. Pre-Narvel. No, no, this was it. This was so oh, Reba, Reba was married. Had, yeah, Norval Blackstop. Um, so <laughs> you know, so Reba's, so just for the listeners out there who haven't listened to Reba's memoir <laughs> on tape, which I did many, many times as a child, my story. <laughs> my story about Reba Mac- Reba's Reba's life has been like trauma filled. Okay. Her oh, first, it's really yeah, it's her first I have a lot to say. Was, her first husband was abusive, very abusive. Um, she got out of that relationship and, and was able to dig into her career. And then um, she was actually supposed to be on the plane with her band and they all they all died in a plane. And crash. then she still performed at the Oscars a few days later, which we'll get into. Right, um, right. And so, right, so that happened. And then she, oh, I, so, so after the first husband who was awful, uh, Norval Blackstock was her husband and she had a baby with him. The baby, um, um, his child, okay. So his child from a previous marriage was the one that uh, Kelly Clarkson was married to. So that's how they were related for a little while. Right. Cause she was basically Kelly Clarkson's stepmom for a minute. Right. Or not stepmom. Uh, stepmother-in-law. Uh, stepmother-in-law, right, right. Um, but anyways, so Reba's best friend was getting a divorce. And this is from a very, wait, this is from a very, 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 very good source inside the Nashville world. Okay. This person who will go nameless. Reba was getting a divorce. I mean, sorry, Reba's, uh, best friend was getting a divorce. And so Reba said, girl, why don't you just come stay with us? So you don't have to live Kiss in that house. <laughs> so you don't have to live in that big old house by yourself. Right. Or, you know, and like, or, you know, he can stay in the house. You can stay with us. You can find a new place to stay. So fast forward. Reba walks down the stairs one morning, makes her cup of coffee and comes over. And I'm going to do a sound effect. I don't know if this is going to be good or not, but, um, Let's see. Hold on. What do I got here? One second. She has her coffee mug and she goes, she goes over. So it's the best friend. Norval. 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 It's Norval Blackstuff. Norval Blackstuff. (laughs) It's like Childers Childers. Norval. Um, And then, and then her assistant, right. Who was, who's not the person I got the story from, but it's another person who told me. Anyways, I got it secondhand, but not very, not very far removed from the source. Sure. She has her mug and she goes, 
slams it down on the counter and goes, we need to talk about the two of you fucking. And that's how she, that's how she lets them know that she knew. That's well, how it's they- really crazy because she and Shania Twain have had some a lot of similarities in their lives, which is they both truly were worked as children, like child laborers as musicians. And then they had these really sordid, like best friend steals your man, who's yeah. also your manager scenarios. Right. Well, Mutt, yeah, Mutt was like the real, the real powerhouse behind the the sound of Shania Twain. That's a real, mm. oh my God, Shania, Jesus. Um, but so my question is in this, in this epic, uh, moment in Reba's life, first and foremost, here's the things to know. The things that I really, that one thing that I like obsess over, right. Is that Reba McIntyre is still making her own coffee in the morning folks. Okay. (laughs) So she's going over to, it's probably just a good old fashioned Mr. Coffee. It's not a fancy machine. It's not a Keurig. She's not here for it, honey. She's taking the coffee, she's putting it in the mug, and she's putting in her own milk, her own sugar. She's doing, she's starting her day, right? No assistance running over with the coffee, right? Which I think is incredible. It's, it speaks volumes, right? And then the question I have, the burning question is, she chose a mug, what mug? Mm. If you're going to slam your mug down and say, we need to talk about the two of you fucking, then that mug has to speak volumes. So I'm, I'm in between, I'm of two thoughts. I think it could be one that little baby Shelby gave mama that says (laughs) world's world's best mom. Cause that would be a real flex. That would be a power move. Yeah. Or, or. It would be if if you really wanted to be the one, and if it was me, this is what I would do. I would have a fucking Reba McIntyre mug because you know there's one in that house where it's you know like this big ass collector's edition mug, right? Tour merch, whatever, and that's the one that I would do. Be like boom, you know, and slam my Reba mug down. But that's me because I'm petty, you know, and I like it. I like I like reinforcing something that's already. You know, it's stating the obvious is kind of my zhuzh. So, like, I just think that it's like, I'm Reba, you fucked up, right? Anyways, I can't I think, believe look, it. Reba is an Aries. Her Aries is very public. It's in the 11th house of, like, audience fandom, you know, your worldwide influence. Okay. Aries is the sign of the individual. Aries is, I'm going out there and I'm going to make this happen, which is why after she lost her entire band in a horrific plane crash, she was like, well, I'm performing at the Oscars next week for Postcards on the Edge, so I'm going to do it. You know, Aries, you really- Wait, remind me what she's saying. Um, Let me double check that. Um, It is, um, I'm checking out. Oh, and you know, Aries, you really can't, you really can't keep a a good bitch down with an Aries that they really, it is the sign of pure strength and vitality. And, you know, she then has Mars in Taurus. So in terms of these Aries, Taurus, hyper individualistic self-ownership in this very public part of her chart, we get this sense that Reba's career and her drive and her independence 
is pretty much bulletproof. We then see that the kind of central, all of this shit in her chart, we see a huge arrow pointing right down here to the base of her chart. We see Pluto, which is the planet of death and metamorphosis. In her third house, the third house is the house of self-expression, but the third house is also the house of daily life. And the third house is in Leo. And I really think that there's this aspect of steering your career and your audience and like keeping the train going. And then when it comes to your daily life, suffering a lot of constant loss and upheaval and change. So first of all, to answer your question with her Aries and her Taurus, I think she is pulling out her 1992 Academy Awards, you know, uh, cast and crew mug and being like, like, you know what, like she is pulling out one of her, you know, she is pulling out like, let's not forget who's here. Right. To further that, this is the other thing with Reba about, you know, she has her Pluto and Leo. And if we think about Leo, it's Leo is how am I being seen? How am I being affirmed for who I am and what I'm worth? And this is in her house of daily life. And, you know, I think a big thing that she went through in her life because she and her siblings started out as a performing family and she was the chosen one. I mean, you know, I know her, I'm sure her other siblings have gone on, but you know, the recording executive was like, I want her. I can't take all three. I'm taking her. And I think she's probably lived a life of great career consistency and her personal life, a sense, and this is very much what fancy is about, of these aren't really my people who get me and see me and affirm me, maybe on to the next, you know? Right. Um. My God, I'm just now. I'm th- now. I can't stop thinking about the mug. You're you're so right about the <laughs> ah, the casting crew mug. <laughs> because an Aries with a Mars and Taurus is like, I'm gonna outlive all of you, right. and here's why. You know, here's why, and I'm never gonna feel that upper lip. She could have. She could have crumped. She could have folded. No. On getting that upper lip filled years ago, but she was like, No, I can't do it because I, that would be. Haters gonna hate, girl, with that, right? People people make those me, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> live your life with the audacity of of Reba with her one lip, you know, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just so fucking wild. I'm just- And not- if you think about Aries, we think about uh, Diana Ross, we think about Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. It's like, they're, you, you know, Reba's like, okay, you're going to make fun of my accent, but like, I'm going to be here at the end of the world, you know? And it's fitting that she and Cher were honored together because there is that Aries thing where Reba's like, I am meant to have a long public life. Right. Forever. A forever. Yeah. Right. Um, Right. I mean, she was, oh my God. Ugh. And these, uh, I I highly recommend everyone just, just for the fashions alone and the hair, fashions and hair, uh, (laughs) vintage Reba shout out to, it gives me my daily dose. I can't, (laughs) there's a, they're pulling out shit from like her, her and like, um, she's, she did like advertisements for like Ford pickup trucks in like Mm. the region, like the Oklahoma region when she was younger, you know, it's like, just like, iconic i can't she makes me crazy 
She makes me she makes me lose my mind, actually. Let's talk um, about what you mentioned earlier, which is warrior femininity, because it's a big part of her chart. And I really want to talk about it. Oh, please. Yes. Reba has something very, very interesting, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast, which I'm very curious to explore. Reba has Venus in Aquarius. Okay. And Reba's Venus in Aquarius is at her midheaven. It's at the peak of her chart. It's at it's exactly on her career peak. So okay. Reba really embodies this. When we've talked about Venus in Aquarius, we've talked about Paris Hilton and Timothy Chalamet. I describe Venus in Aquarius as cyborg sexuality, which is this. You know, you think about Venus as the goddess, as beauty, as artistry, all of that, as femininity. And you think about Aquarius as like, I am controlling the matrix. I'm none of this is real. And you think about someone like Paris Hilton or uh, uh, Timothy Chalamet, where they are these sex symbols in an unusual way because they're a little bit, it's almost like they're subverting and commenting on that sexuality that they're also being a sex symbol for and there's something about reba where reba's like there's a little bit of a drag element to reba and even the show reba honey (laughs) a little bit bitch (laughs) even the show reba which is like she's just a regular mom dealing with life it's like you're kind of fucking with us aren't you and i'm curious what you think about this I mean, right. Cyborg section. Okay. Say that one part again. You were like the. To me, Venus and Aquarius yep. is like someone has said, okay, we're going to give you a fembot's body. You get to be the drone controller from behind the curtain. So it's almost, right. you know, if you think about Paris Hilton, it's like, yes, of course, she's a beautiful blonde, but there's something about Paris where you're like, we're a little bit. There's a little bit of a Wizard of Oz thing going on here where we're seeing the beautiful blonde and there's also someone kind of controlling her from behind the scenes. Right. And with Reba, there's a little bit of that, you know? Well, you should, um, right. Well, okay. So, so two, two things to this, to the Paris Hilton thing, there is, you know, Barbara's. Barbara Walters used to do the, you know, most fascinating people of the year, right? Right. I think right before the, I want to say right before the Oscars each year, the 10 most fascinating people, whatever. Um, And she interviews Paris Hilton. And that is where you get the whole, the whole shroud has been um, torn. What Rent, right? The, what does it say in the Bible, right? That's the word rent, right? It is rent. Yeah. Right. Um, Shiva speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are we going to pay? How are we going to pay rent? You know? Um, <laughs> right. But so, so the Barbara Walters, Paris Hilton, the, the shroud has been rent. And then this, I, I, I'm so happy I stumbled upon it because you really get this other side of Reba where she talks about the hair. I'm coming back to the hair and about how, and she's, she's wearing this, like almost like I want to say she's like wearing Donna Karen or she's wearing like mm. maybe, maybe even, maybe she's even wearing some very accessible looking Jill Sander. You know, it's whoa. really <laughs> this moment where you're like, whoa, it's, she's in all black, which is very rare for her. Yeah. And it's this serious, like I'm in New York filming the show with, with Roseanne, who's also, you know, this very shrewd person, da, 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 da. And you get a little bit of the wizard of Oz, you know, like, where is Reba? Like, you know, 
I'm, I don't know. I, I would, I don't know, I'd give my eye teeth to interview this woman because she's meant so goddamn much to me and like really just ask her like, you know, if I could ask her three questions, you know, I don't even know what they would be because that, that's too much. One would be about the mug. <laughs> One would be about the mug. One would be about the mug for sure. For sure. Um, right. Um, oh, and another one would be, and actually I was telling Char back to my daughter, Charlene. Um, I was telling Charlene about how the critics for Annie Get Your Gun were like, this is, <laughs> they were like, if there was an, a Tony for people picking, not originating a role in a revival, but like picking up where someone else left off, then Reba would have won it because, you know, mm. it was Bernadette and then it was Reba. And, and Charlene goes, they do now have, they now have that Tony, that Tony now exists, right? Mm. They have a Tony for someone who takes over for someone else in a role. And so, right. So it's like how, I mean, right. How does Reba feel about, I mean, obviously if you could turn back time, right. Like she would have that Tony, you know, like for sure. Anyways. Um, I just think like, you know, it's interesting you brought up Sarah Huckabee Sanders because I think there's something to be said about like, and you can say this with Dolly too, like the country femme archetype right has to be this thing that you can plug into and play with because it isn't real in some ways and in some ways it's all about realness right. and there is this aspect of reba being able to morph into it which i think requires that aquarian intellectual dissonance to really yeah. be able to play with it you know Right. Well, and thinking about, I need to like, I, at some point I need to go through and listen to every, I would love to just sit down for like how many ever days it would take, it would take me a very long time, but just sort of sit down and go through like, like I'm, um, and just listen to every single song in order. Mm. Um, but there's not a lot of, to my recollections, there's not a lot of songs about um, straight up like, I love my man, you know, there, no. there's never that straight story of I love my man. Like she's talking about like one of the songs that is about, you know, there's a lot of songs about love, but like, but a lot, mostly about heartbreak or about like, this is, you know, you've done not even, but yeah, heartbreak. And then like questioning love or like the, the, mm. the, the hunger for love. There's a song, one of my favorite Reba songs is, uh, I should make a playlist for this, uh, for the launch of this podcast. Um, yes. But um, the heart is a lonely hunter, mm. which is um, with only one desire to find some lasting comfort in the arms of a lover's um, fire. Wait, in the, anyways, uh, driven by a desperate hunger to the arm, to the, driven by a desperate hunger to the dark of a neon light. Mm. The heart is a lonely hunter when there's no sign of a love, no sign of a love in sight. Anyways, I mean, come on, girl. I mean, talk about a queer anthem. Oh, um, I love what you're saying, though, that there aren't a lot of romance ballads, because I have to tell you, I'm looking at her chart. You know, the event of her chart is in the fixed signs, which is Taurus, Leo, Scorpio and Aquarius. That's where all the shit goes down. Uh -huh. Reba's chart is about power and about 
personal power. If we think about Taurus and Scorpio, she has a, a Mars and Taurus uh, opposing uh, Saturn and Scorpio. And there's this real battle, I think, about my power, my sexuality, my masculinity, my aggression, my ambition, and my drive. Will that be punished? Can that change? What will I lose in the pursuit of that? Right. That's the theme of Reba's chart. Her That's chart her, is not, right. you know, it, it's, it's really is, she really is an Aries in that way. It's really about me. You know, there are other artists where we can talk about, and this is such a cliched example, but, you know, Ariana Grande is a cancer. Her music is Cancerian. I yeah. really think with Reba, these Taurus, Scorpio, Aquarius, Leo themes of big picture power. How is my power seen? How is my power received? Am I allowed to transform with it? Am I allowed to be independent? Um, am I allowed to control my image? That to me is really what's at stake for her. You know? Oh, so hot. It's so hot yeah. when you talk about all of this. <laughs> Thank you. I feel, I feel powerful too. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. No, I, I'm just thinking if, if I can recall a song that's just like, you know, there's just not those sweet plaintive songs. No. They all have this sort of edge to them for the most part where it's like, you know, Oh my God. I mean, there's just countless songs that yeah. are just so fucking like, and, and of course, so here's the deal, right? I'm not sure if Reba has ever even been credited as credited as like partial songwriter. I mean, I'm sure maybe, maybe there's like some, you know, she's not hungry like that for the power. She's like, I yeah. have the best songwriters in the world, you yeah. know, writing these songs and she gives them so much fucking, you know, she doesn't need to write a song. She's, she's that's like the Gemini rising too. That's yeah. very Michelle Pfeiffer of like, yeah, whoever the director is, I'll, I'll serve it. You know? Oh my God. Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, oh God. Did you see the, um, the French exit movie? I saw it. What? Oh, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. Uh, but I loved oh. her obviously. Oh, I lived. I lived for that. Okay. Anyways, okay. All right, I digress. I mean, she looked incredible, and she, she, of course, she hit her marks. But yeah, I, um, I was very taken by it. But um, at any rate, okay. So, um, right, where were we? We were Reba. We were yeah. Sorry, we we're talking about you know she she does not really write her her songs as much. She does not really as, write her songs, right? Um, yeah. There's something so um. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I just think I'm really curious when I see this. She has Saturn and Scorpio in the sixth house of work in the body. Okay. And I just have all these questions there about power dynamics. And I would really love when you interview her. Saturn is the the planet of like authority. Uh -huh. And Scorpio is the sign of power dynamics. And okay. I'm just really curious about someone like her with the career she's had having to play in the lane of you're a country star and you're this kind of a woman who has to look this sort of way while also being the boss, the icon, the industry and running the whole institution what have been those battles what have been those power struggles when especially when you're married to someone who's your manager what have been those those moments of 
oh, I shouldn't have compromised. Or what have been those moments of I'm never going to compromise and this is what I lose along the way, you know? Right, right. Because she seems so, I mean, obviously everyone's pr- public persona is way different than what how they are, you know. Not everyone. I I, I pride myself in being, um, as Penny Arcade said um, to me, um, one of the most unambiguous people she's ever met. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I wonder, I wonder how many compromises Reba has, you know, has had to make after the like the mega stardom, you know, like um, I'm sure there were plenty right um, earlier on, but like, you know, how many no's did did Reba get? You know, I just feel like she just she just seems so unbothered, right? She just you just you just don't ever look at her and say wow, like that, you know, she's had to like really, not that she hasn't really had to struggle. It's like, it's like there hasn't been a lot of like back and forth. Right. Reba and other people, right? Like Reba comes into the room and is like, okay, we're doing this. And it's like, that's it. And we're doing it. And it's like, well, yeah, with someone like, yeah. With Nicki Minaj, every two years, there's another like blow up and everyone in the world is against her. And she, you know, it's always something. And you're like, okay, when are we getting a new album with Reba? It's like, she, her Aries that uh, in, you know, she is a, an 11th house Aries. She will keep it cranking out. Nothing. You can kill her entire band, literally. And she's not going to stop. You know, I think it's more about that Leo in the third house of what, what, what is your daily life? Like, do you feel seen and affirmed? Uh, Do you feel like you are? And, and, you know, I'm thinking a lot about the Joan Rivers documentary too, because like that Joan Rivers documentary, there's this huge sense, you know, she talks about how, Everyone who's related to her, she's put through college. Everyone she's worked for her, you know, she pays for everyone. And there's this huge loneliness there that comes with that. Yeah, right. When you're Um, the, right. When you're the sort of like person holding all the, well, the marionette strings and like, yeah. Lauren Hill talks about that in um, her Unplugged album. She's like, I had 40 Mm. people, I had 40 people on staff and she was like, it was just making me insane. Because she was like, if I fuck up, then 40 people are not eating, you know, and it's just, it just becomes, you know, and like, you know, I love that. Why is Dolly Parton not out of the closet? Because the, an entire region would fall, fall, crumble into the, you know, right. If, I mean, I, I firmly believe that um, Dolly Parton is a lesbian. Um, But I love what you're saying about Lauryn Hill, by the way, because, you know, as I do pretty much three times a year, I was rereading the Erica Badu Vulture interview or New York Mag interview, and they asked her, like, why don't you and D'Angelo and Lauryn Hill produce more music? And she was like, Lauryn is making music. She's just not like doing the machine. Right. And Reba and Dolly, Dolly, who's the consummate Capricorn and Reba, who's the consummate Aries are both like, no, I can do the machine. But what, what does that involve? You know, that's, that's what I'm, I'm really curious about what, and, and with Dolly, Dolly's very clear about the compromises. No one is ever going to see Dolly's husband. That is a separate part of her identity. And I'm just curious with Reba, what, you know, Reba's had to suffer a lot of, of heartbreak and tragedy. And I'm curious about that. 
Well, did you see the carry the other day? I almost, I, again, I was, I had my glasses off on all the things. Um, she posted, she posted a photo. There's only a couple of them that she even circulates of her and Carl Dean. And they, someone had superimposed Carl Dean in a Dolly Parton, like, t-shirt that's available now for purchase and i was like this is such a fucking flex bitch okay like i'm obsessed with her anyways um <laughs> carl think, Dean. You, know, you know what you know what i think about when i think about i don't okay the way i imagine reba is sort of similar to have you seen the other the other two yes okay so Molly Shannon in the other two, where there's like that, like she's doing the like I've learned to take a nap with my eyes open, and then you know that like, is so real. I just feel like that's a Reba moment, you know, like where she's like, yes. you know, I'm I'm just I'm just gonna do I'm gonna fill my day up with as much this and this and this. It's like Pat and the other yeah. two. I just feel like there's that energy, you know. Yeah. Um, with Reba, I mean, obviously with boundaries, right? I'm, I'm sure she's very firm. She gives very firm no's. But if it's an opportunity to connect with her audience, I think she's always a yes, you know? I agree. I think, no, that's what comes easy is when you have a very public chart, th that's easy. Her chart is public, you know? That's what she came with, and that's why she's the chosen of the siblings. I think I'm curious about, like, what is your how do you view your sexuality in your day-to-day -day right, life those right. are the questions well, so now she dusty has this, tump, sorry continue uh, she has this mega hunk uh man in her life he's an actor he's oh. so fucking yeah he's hot oh from like csi or something yeah 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 she's got this hot daddy looking yeah because norval was kind of a you know like whatever <laughs> i mean norval wasn't you know he wasn't ugly by any means i think she has you know there was this one there was this one moment before this csi guy with this guy who I think was a homo. Like I really, I mean, I only know him from photos and like a couple videos that she posted, but her rebound from Norval, I was like, I think she's pulling her friend Drescher where she's just like, this is my Kiki best friend. Like I'll just pass him off as my my boyfriend at the moment. Or her current boyfriend's name is Rex Lynn, which is yes. like, if you're gonna follow up Norval, go to Rex right, Lynn, you know? Right, Rex Lynn, honey, yes. Um, and I think they're having a good old time. She posts yeah. all these, like, just such a normal, like, she just, like, they go out for, like, they go out for bolt. They play bolt. They do bolt play. <laughs> um, they do bowling and shit. They have, they have, like, bar, not a bar crawl, but, like, there's just well, all this these. This is the yeah. thing with Shania Twain and with Tina Turner and with Reba McIntyre, all three of whom have insane, very conflict-heavy, very tragedy-heavy charts, is it's, like, yeah, if 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 Tina Turner wants to like paint in her chateau in Switzerland, you earned it, babe. And like yeah, yeah. if Reba wants to go bowling with Rex, like babe, you've done like a hundred million albums at this point. Right. Absolutely. No, if you want to eat corn dogs all day, girl, that's it. <laughs> when is she gonna now? This is the thing. When is she gonna have her own line of corn dogs? Mm. Hello, like when Hello. are we gonna have I want Reba McIntyre organic, fucking like made in America, fucking farm raised, fucking corn dogs, girl. I want her to go full out. She she leans in so hard to the meme of herself 
you know, and I think she took that took took inspiration. Obviously, took deep inspiration from Molly. From Molly, from Molly, Molly. Parton. But no, she needs Dolly's the Capricorn. So Dolly's right. like, well, everything can be vertically integrated. Right. Reba does need to talk to her friend Dolly about like, okay, how can my face be on Twinkies? You know. Right. Right. Well, she did Fritos. I had the Fritos back. I very fond memory of my life is we went to the store and I we picked out the best Fritos bag, right? We wanted to make sure that it didn't have any like, because they would print the price on a bag of Fritos. So we wanted to find one that wasn't like, you know, gross looking. And my mother and I came home, opened it up, and then poured all the Fritos inside of it into a Ziploc bag immediately. And then we wiped all the oiliness out of it. And then we pressed it and put it in. A, I want to say we put it in like an Encyclopedia okay. Britannica to smooth it out. And like, I still to this day have that Fritos bag and it is a prized possession of mine. I was at her fan club, folks. Like every birthday for many, many, many years, I got uh, a birthday Happy birthday, Dusty. Love, Reba. Like, full fan. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I, I really want to just spell something out here, which is to say, we're talking about Reba as a survivor archetype. The reason why someone like Reba appeals to someone like Dusty is that Dusty is a true faggot, <laughs> which is to say, we are the ones who live in the ruins. We are the ones who are going to live through whatever the next... Um, mainstream downfall is we are going to be here at the end we are going to record the stories and we're going to keep the scrolls and dusty you know you really are um a vessel of that i think you would be um uh, you're a sage in that way you know you're a keeper of the history and hearing you about you and the fritos it's so beautiful and it's so true to who you are and i think who reba should be so proud to have you be well thank you uh, yeah, no, uh, card, card carrying member of the Reba McIntyre fan, fan club. I had a, um, there was a, so there's everyone, does it, uh, do you know Trailer Park Tammy? No. Trailer, oh, sorry, Trailer Trash Tammy is her name. She's on Instagram. She's incredible. Her name is Chelsea Lynn in real life. She's actually a brilliant comedian and she has this, um, she has this persona called Trailer trailer trash tammy anyways trailer trash tammy is the she she wears her hair blonde hair slick back uh like kind of greasy slick back and she wears a reba shirt and she iconically she had the like when vine was the thing she was the one who was like passing by someone's car window and was like y'all got a cigarette and then they're like no ew we don't smoke and she goes fuck you and she like walks <laughs> off Anyways, I'm obsessed with her. That the reason I'm bringing it up, that shirt that she has that she wears, that is her Reba shirt. Um, I think it was from the album. Don't quote me, Reba. Super Reba, fan, Reba fans. Uh, I think it was from "Read My Mind" was the name of the album. Mm. Um, at any rate, I had that shirt in a crew neck sweatshirt. Okay, wow. I am a I am a person who can locate like. I actually found Charlene the exact same, not the one used in the film, but there's that um, there's that vest that Aaron Brockovich wears. Julia Roberts says Aaron Brockovich wears where she's like, they're called tits ed. I found yes. that <laughs> I found that vest on eBay, like made by wow. cache. Like I'm I'm really good at finding shit on the internet. I have searched for an eternity 
My mother sold my Reba crew neck sweatshirt at a no. yard sale because she was like, you never wear it. Actually, this is what happened. Okay. I went to, I was in the gifted and talented program at my school and we would get to go on these like week long trips. And one of the week long trips was to a place in Charleston, South Carolina, a nature conservatory called Barrier Island, which was in one of the barrier islands. But it was like, anyways, it was to teach kids, you know, eco-friendly it was and there was all these like um eco-friendly ways this is back in the 90s and also you did all this team building shit whatever sure and it was cold uh because it was in november and i had i didn't really have many sweatshirts because it doesn't get that cold in the south and so the one sweatshirt i i carried with me was this reba mcintyre sweatshirt and the kids made so much fucking fun of me with that Reba shirt on. No. So I brought it, I brought it home and I put it in the back of my closet. And my mother is the least, she's so sentimental about like, you know, I made her this little doily, you know, like out of paper when I was like two and she kept that. But when it came to like clothing and whatnot, she just like couldn't handle us holding on to anything. She made me get rid of my Jim and the Holograms dolls. Oh, like, it's such an interesting karmic assignment that you two would be assigned to each other because it's really fucked when up. When it comes to clothing, you like to hold on to everything as far as right. I know. And this is part of it. Anyway, so I have not been able to find, basically there are like very few, I, I've really not even seen, cause I have an eBay save search for Reba sweatshirt. Mm. And it never shows up anything. I constantly am still scouring like re like maybe now there's hoodies, but again, she has a lot of Southern fans. And so up and I mean, people just don't really wear sweatshirts in the South. Like it's just like, I mean, I guess they do now, but like anyways, a crew neck. So the idea of the shirt is that it's Reba's hair, her neck, and then there's a brooch right below her cleavage right so there's this keyhole and it's all on a black shirt so it's really kind of this i mean when you think about people being risky people taking risk reba mcintyre for the cmas performing fancy and that red if you people should google the reba and in, the infamous red dress i mean it had this sheer power mesh panel red sheer right mm. And it caused such a scandal. I mean, people lost their minds. Mm. They were like, oh my God, Reba. Oh, I can't believe she wore that. And then of course the big flex was that she was like, years later, she was like, here's me in the same dress. Um, and pioneer. Anyway. She um, looks so fucking good. I mean, the dress is to die for. She's incredible. She's, I mean, she's it. And she just God, like- hair. Oh, the hair. That, that hair, hair is unlike anything. Unlike anything. I just, I wish I could quote what she said about it. She said it was just, because her and Roseanne were talking about hair. And Roseanne used to have really teased out hair. And, you know, I, I don't want to misquote her, but people just need to watch. It's, it's such an incredible, it was kind of, it was kind of like, a real game changer this interview because I was like, wow, like we never see her like this. We never see her like not um, really sort of, uh, ha she doesn't ham it up too much, but she hams it up. Like she's a, she's a show pony, but she keeps it's it It's weird. They're both in these kind of uh, monochrome like smocks and they're both have these very short, <laughs> 
these very short like princess diana i've recently right. been divorced cuts and right. it's like okay right okay. but Boys you're right we don't that that is not we don't stay there for long we don't stay there for long no and i actually have a t-shirt from that era and it was really hard for me to even put it on my i have a um i quilted a caftan of of reba shirts like no less than I think there's like 12 of them at this point, but it, she's on, it's on the back. I, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to like not use it. Um, but you know, it's hard for me with her and that short hair. It's like, Ooh, I mean, Faith Hill did that short hair too. It's like, what was, what was that moment? What was, I actually forced my sister to get that haircut. Um, <laughs> I mean, Oh God, why did I do it? I mean, I don't know. There was just something about it. So Ugh, what do you even it's call a little that? single white female too it's a little bit yes. single white female i'm gonna oh, say 100 um, yeah okay so dusty you know before we wrap up where okay. else do you want people to explore the reba legacy what else should they be listening okay. to or watching and especially you know let's try to be as new user friendly as possible new user right so like like people who are just coming into reba yes okay um let's see here i mean right i'm sure it's on audible but like listening to her life story is mm. unbelievable i'm excited i'm sure she's gonna release volume two at some point she's probably gonna wait a while um that would be my that would be a, a number one suggestion and then watching you know god watching is their life out there on mm. i think the whole thing is available on youtube where she's a mom who's go she goes back to college there's a video if you want the short version there's a video of it and the video so all of Re any of reba's videos are really just like these these short films i mean you think about like her you think about someone yeah. like a beyonce who did like a lemonade where it's like i'm gonna do this whole thing of all these no, fancy videos. is a saga that video is oh. a full epic saga well honey the night the night that the lights went out in georgia which mm. i think is a much better song than fancy sonically mm. uh that's an even bet honey age makeup don't even play don't it <laughs> what's his name james cameron got the idea for titanic from that video. okay <laughs> that was early in this in this judge honey like reba is like fully an aged woman it's singing. so good have you seen it yes it is uh, it's one of those where you know when you're stoned enough anything is possible um it's so good well i mean yeah. it's just like this what well, you know don't trust your soul to know backwoods southern lawyer <laughs> With right it's about suit. it's about it's, so it's about so her two, two of her biggest hits one is about sex work and the other is about crooked cops and about <laughs> familial revenge right and Saturn so it's Scorpio. just i mean yeah. you just think about this it all comes back to like the idea of like what is what is it what does it mean to be like southern gothic right what is that mm. inclination and there's this i'll Saturn say this Scorpio. one last thing so the the way to the way I explain Southern Gothic is um, this guy George Green, who basically kind of started the moth storytelling. Um, he tells a story of how when Sherman was marching through the South, his great 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 grandmother, um, they were coming through and they were like, "Where's the silver? Where where are the belongings?" Um, and she was like, 
we don't have anything. And there was a plot, there was a piece of um, the ground that had been recently dug up. And he was like, you're lying to me. And she was like, if you un, if you dig that ground up, you're going to find my two twin boys that died. Um, and they did. And they were, they, they dug, they dug, found them underneath them, underneath them, the silver. Right. So Sherman, Sherman did not burn down that house and did not get the silver and so did not decimate these people you know um and that so that whole thing of like right like this tragic like we still have our silver so we still have a a shred of our dignity left you know but like at what cost right like we have to now right and it's just that kind of like there's something really dark and twisted about the about the southern fantasy and it's people people don't get that it's like there's so much to it and I think that I, I wish that people could find a way to like at least celebrate that. Part. I mean, because right, the South is not we're we're um, what is it? What is that uh, sports term? O for zero. O for oh, I have no idea. Something for a hundred. You know, bat. We're batting at we're batting at whatever. Some bad. Sure. Bad. Whatever. I don't. I hate those kinds of references. I know it's all dissociated for me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that she she's the bright glimmering hope of of what what southern intellectual campiness can be and i think that she's just like i don't know she's just there's nothing else like i mean it, well there's a thousand things like i say but she's just so fucking cool like yeah who's cooler than reba like fuck man um dusty um yeah. where can people follow you okay so it's on instagram is really the only thing i do and it's duddy lynn so d u d d y L-Y-N-N, which I recently found out that in uh, that is a, a Jewish nickname, Duddy. Do you know this? Um, dude, okay, okay. Let me let me explain this. All right? Okay, please. My name is David or David. Yes. Okay. Uh, in Israel, if I were an older man, my nickname would be Dudu or Dudi. And it's so, D-U-D-D-Y? Or how do I mean, sure. I it's about, yeah. Sure, yeah. A, I would say D-U-D-Y. Yeah, that sounds right. There's a there's a Duddy's or Duddy's bakery in like um like Myrtle Willoughby area. And I was like, what? But that was my nickname as a kid. And so a lot of I I um I sleep with a lot of Hasidic men, and they were like, when they they some of them find me on Instagram, I think through oh. through because I'm like are they like, I don't ever do hashtag beer. Right. So they that. see Doody and they think, oh, wow, he he's like <laughs> that. Yeah, did, wow. 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 Dusty, that is it's too, that's it's an uncanny good. one. I'm going to need a few hours to kind of sit <laughs> with that, that they think that you have a similar origin and that your name is Doody as as in Dudu like Daoud or David. Wow. Right, right. So that's our that's our great connection, darling, is the the duty. Wow. <laughs> it is um, our it is our duty. <laughs> wow. Fascinating. Okay. Thank Anyways, you. Uh, yeah. Dusty, this has been really um I knew this was, this is not, by the way, Dusty's going to be back on this podcast many times because <laughs> as you can tell, we have a lot to discuss. Dusty, this was really, 
a special one. So thank you so much for doing this. I love you. I think you're so wonderful. The Luminaries is made with love in New York City. Be a mitzvah angel and leave a rating and review on iTunes and do subscribe and share. You can book your own reading, catch up on the pod, and read my latest articles at davidodyssey.com and learn more about my upcoming astrology course and live shows on Instagram, david underscore odyssey, or by emailing me at adavidodyssey at gmail.com. We made it, baby. See you next time. Mwah.